0: Welcome to Six Degrees Within YGK, a podcast where we get everyone within the YGK area where we talk about health, fitness, and overall balance of life. I'm your host, Bob Payne, owner of Crossville Limestone Limestone Athletics. Eric thanks for jumping on with us thanks for this having podcast. me this oh, for fun. sure so a couple of things to get off the right off the shelf here so how long have you been a member of limestone here
1: well I uh you moved here six years ago five six seven
0: uh yeah six or seven years yeah six, something like so that. so probably
1: like you were open for a little bit and then I so probably around six years then. Okay. Because I came to your gym when you were at the Liverpool Center, uh, trying to squeeze in there, but you could only take, you know, uh, whatever it was, four or six people at a at a time, and it was pretty competitive. So yeah, yeah,
0: no, that was back when we only ran like four classes a day, two in the morning, two in the evening, and it was like booked, very scheduled, and all that. So no, um, I just couldn't look into how long you've been here because we used to have everyone up on Team Up, and then when we switched over to Wattify, yeah, I lost all that. So. As far as I know, you only been here for a year. Either. Oh well, yeah. <laughs> so, so even yeah. though we, we um, yeah, you're sh-
1: just short-term memory. Then I yeah. got it.
0: Yeah, yeah, that's oh no, Yeah, I've- it's
1: like six years, and uh, it's fun. I still remember my my first time in here, where it was uh, it was like handstand push-ups and wall balls and uh, 150 wall balls. And uh, you know, in those handstands, I uh, kicked up and fell right on my head, and I was like, I can do this. What's wrong with me? And you're like, just lock your arms out. And <laughs> I put them out, and I just – I realized right then and there I had a long way to go. I had a lot of work to do.
0: So, um, no, I love always hearing everyone's first story of the first time they came in. And, like, what was your first workout, right? Because did you come in with Ted at that time? Yeah, I think I did a workout with
1: uh, – yeah, Ted was – I was here with Ted for sure because okay. I remember us both, like, thinking the stairs on the way down out the front door was a long way to go.
0: Yeah. No, um, Ted is um, – the guy that you always come in for the 6 a.m. class. You guys would you guys before COVID would come in about once a week for the 6 yeah. a.m., usually on Friday.
1: We do Friday, 6 a.m. basically every week for like six years. Yeah, and yeah.
0: I always love when you guys came in because you guys were just so amped up. It was your one class. It was a so much part of your routine every time you came in. And you guys would come in, bring the jokes, the chirping, <laughs> but you guys would just go all out. So it was awesome. Always yeah, loved that. It was a so. lot of
1: fun. Yeah. We even got going before we really knew what CrossFit was with Ted discovered this like what the CrossFit website, I guess, before it turned into anything. It was like a military exercises yep. and it was neat to we kind of looked. you know, that's, that was kind of the origin story of getting into it is seeing how, uh, you know, seeing these workouts and being like, oh, this is like good fitness and strength training not just standing around the gym and we're, and then, uh, you know, discovering that you did it and had these classes and it was, it was a cool thing just getting going.
0: Where were you doing that before you came here then?
1: That was that we just get together and, and go over to good life downtown.
0: Oh yeah. And just, we're in the,
1: in the gym and you know, everybody's kind of pumping iron around the elliptical and we're, we're just trying to figure out how we can, you know, push, push, like whatever a bench over into the corner to do box jumps or, or, uh, you know, figuring out where you could do a kipping chin up—it was wasn't easy. But
0: uh, now, yeah. did you guys just look go on the crossway headquarters website, look it up, and exactly. like, okay, yeah. let's do this one, cherry pick it, yeah. or
1: we cherry pick an extra uh, workout or like based on the equipment that they had there. You know, try to decide. Uh, you know, pick pick some stuff from each workout to see which fit. Okay,
0: yeah. oh, that's awesome. No, oh. so. To get to know you a little bit better is to say some of the members, they might not know what you do. So, what do you do for your job?
1: I am uh, one of the owners of Patchwork Gardens, uh, an organic vegetable farm just north of Kingston.
0: Okay, awesome. Now, how long have you been doing that for?
1: This is, we were just talking about this today. We're going into our 17th season. Oh, that's awesome. So, yeah, it's a lot of fun.
0: Now, how did you get involved in that? Like, where did that come from? Like, obviously, you would have been... Doing something with food prior, or did you like? What's your story? How did you get into patchwork? Like, yeah. how did patchwork come about?
1: It's a good question. It's like searching back in the memory banks, but I remember, I remember distinctively thinking about, you know, uh, walking in the grocery store and thinking, like, you know, it's a couple things put together, but thinking, like, oh man, like this a lot. Most of the food here is shitty. Like, there's just you know, it's sprayed with this or that. Once you scratch, scratch, start scratching the surface of what like goes into you know, industrial food production, you start to like think, oh man, there's gotta be something I can do. And I knew, you know, from university days that protesting wasn't kind of my uh, forte. I wanted to do (laughs) something, you know, like yelling, chanting songs and stuff. I just was like, I was like, what is this doing? I mean, it obviously does does stuff uh, in other ways, but for me, I wanted to kind of like get my hands into something and really, you know, do something positive. the world and it kind of you know always interested in food i was working as a baker at panchancho for a whole number of years
0: okay and nice. uh,
1: baking bread on the night shift okay and uh you know just keeping tuned to uh interest in food and then there's these uh farm internships that that kind of popped up and uh I signed on for a full season immersive uh organic farming uh, uh internship and learned a ton of stuff and then kind of you know, step by step, spiraled from there into slowly, you know, working at the bakery part time, trying to trying to get a farm, go, you know, something going, and learning all the way.
0: Now, patchwork—it's out by your house, right? Like, do you own the property? Like, is patchwork like it's right beside your house, right? So, yep. is that was that your property before, or like, how did you? or did you move out to that spot decide to have a house there and then patchwork what was the it's, timeline of
1: that basically it was like looking for looking for farmland trying to figure out uh, you know a good location with with like water good soil looking at looking at uh, the the you know soil maps that the government used to put out we've got you know some of those to see what soils good for what and uh, you know the whole the mission to get out in the country was was to start a farm so that was the the main move and then it so it's like buying the farm and you know it's like a super rundown house and the fields have been kind of run out with like uh conventional agriculture just you know the crops grow with fertilizers rather than building the you know the soil in the the biological soil environment uh Mm -hmm. that you know uh anyways that's that's kind of like the the first the early stages is just okay. getting going, getting the farm set up, getting the land. Then bit by bit, uh, kind of growing the soil quality, growing the production practices, that sort of stuff.
0: Now, because you said 17 years ago, so obviously going organic was like part of a big. I don't want to say it was super popular or something new back then, right? Um, like, what is organic? What is it to have an organic farmer? Or organic farm? Because everyone talks about, oh, this is organic. Like, it's organic um, vegetables here. Like, what what exactly does organic mean?
1: Yep, yep. Well, you know, that there's kind of like, a, I guess there's the simplified version, which is the things that you can't do. And that's, you can't spray spray uh, um, uh, chemicals on, on, like, herbicides or pesticides uh, or also that you're not allowed to use. Synthetic fertilizers on your on your land and you can't use genetically modified uh, crops. Mm -hmm. So that's kind of like the no list but Really what organic is 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 like nurturing the soil biology growing growing like soil capacity by by you know growing life into soil uh, and moisture holding capacity mineralization that sort of thing
0: Okay, yeah, because you mentioned that a couple times. Because even on your guys' website, you um, what are the words? Unique soil sediment. You have you have a way of describing the soil.
1: Yeah, it's the well. It, it's I think on the website it says the unique unique uh, soils to the Battersea. It's a Battersea silt loam. It's called we're in okay. a we're in a particularly unique uh, terroir, as they say, for for the Kingston region. Most of Kingston area is a Farmington loam, which is a super shallow. As you can see, when you drive around on the, coming off the highway or so, there's there's maybe like a foot of topsoil, maybe not even, and then just solid uh, bedrock. We happen to be on this uh, glacier basin, sort of where a lot of soil was deposited, and mm-hmm. we, I think it's something like 40 feet, uh, you know, of of soil before you hit rock where we are. So it's it's like a very fertile silt loam uh, soil uh, it has a really high nutrient carrying capacity okay. which if when you're thinking of nutrient carrying capacity it's kind of like you know super like if you think of superfoods or or even like you know uh, you know say pork fat or something it has a ton of nutrients in it, it has the ability to have carry a lot of uh, stuff that your body needs in it whether it has a lot of calories or not a lot of calories but anyways that's an aside but the the soil has an ability to hold a lot of organic matter and hold a lot of nutrients on on the surfaces of the soil so w- compared to something like sand say like if you were just to plant something in straight sand it's not going to do well it doesn't have a lot of nutrients there's not a lot of biology happening and the, that that's something that's you know really uh, high quality uh, uh, you know nutrient density on the, in our soil horizon
0: okay you no know, so basically the vegetables always have more nutrients because everyone's like oh this is organic um like carrots and things like that so everyone gets so excited about it that it even became like companies are named themselves organic greens right and now it just became such a fad so it's, it's almost like there's like too much of it that it's hard to for like the average consumer like me to know like okay what are we eating here right
1: right it's you know it's 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 that's like when you scratch away the surface things get complicated because mm. not all all organic uh um you know produce is going to be grown on really good quality soils or done really well you know but like a lot of them a lot of them are but it's like if you've got in if you're calling you know if you've if your product is organic you should be certified organic because then there's a third party uh that's part of the you know, what it means to be organic. You're th- it's third, third party certified. So you have a company coming in, our company that certifies us is called EcoCert. They come in and do uh, an inspection of your farm at least once a year, they could do surprise visits. They do a paper audit, take a look around the farm, ask a lot of questions, everything has to be accounted for. So, uh, and you know, they check your seed sources, they all have to be organic seed, it's a, it's a process. And it's, it's really great, you know, working with them because you know, you could be in a situation where you're like, I'm, I'm an organic farm, I'm doing everything organically. And then and then you come into a position where you're like, our, our soil needs, you know, it's testing on the soil test, it's low in, you know, calcium or something. Mm-hmm. So you're like, okay, we need to get some calcium for the soil to bring the levels into balance. Um, and then you, so you buy a source, but maybe that source has some sort of you know, uh, chelating agent or something in it that's not allowed. You know, and you if you didn't have somebody to run by the the questions of is this is this a suitable source of calcium for for the farm, you may apply it, and then you're kind of unknowingly, you know, uh, uh, kind of adding things into your soil or or into the product that you you know that you wouldn't purposely do.
0: Yeah. Now, okay, right on. Now with because another. Um, your partner there, um, not Jules, your wife, but your partner. Uh, Ian is, and Meg are my business
1: partners. Yeah, and yeah. so Meg,
0: Meg's been a bit of member here too. So how did they come in board on board with the whole Patchwork Gardens farm?
1: Yeah, it's it's uh, uh you know, it's just being around uh, around town, good friends. You know, having we all went and did uh, did uh, apprenticeships around the same time. You know, on on different farms or on the farms, and then. Uh, you know, it's kind of like share, kind of like like minds getting together. I don't know. Maybe you found the same thing. Starting up a business, that you kind of like, you get in. You, you get talking to people, and and there's interest there. So you've got your core members, and you get business partners, and and uh, you know it was a good fit. It's just a really good fit to get working together, and and we've had a, a lot of success putting our three heads together. You know, uh, um, you know, I was just saying joking today. It's you know it's a lot easier brainstorming. Uh, you know, not only on your own, you get, th- you get three people there and, uh, it, it's, uh, you can come up with some pretty good solutions and it's been a really great partnership.
0: Now it's always been kind of split from the beginning. Like they're in it right from day one. They were, Ian came in,
1: Meg and I uh, were in, uh, like kind of got going day one. And then I think it was like a year or two in, uh, Ian, uh Meg's partner, uh, joined in as well. And, uh, and it's been, it's been a good fit.
0: Um, no, that's awesome. No, Meg's a great person. Same with end. I know Meg obviously better just because she comes, comes in into, the gym. Yeah. yeah, for sure. And no, oh, she's, she's always loving, has she's a,
1: been loving the gym. It's, uh, it's like getting, you know, shut down again, uh, with the lockdown. It's, uh, she's certainly missing it.
0: Oh yeah. No, I think we all are now with you guys. So you, so you guys said you have 25 acres, right? And you split like half of it is being used and the other half isn't like what, what is so like you're constantly rotating the vegetables around. So is that just to help keep the nutrients alive and let them um, let the other part you're not using regenerate? Or? Good questions, Bob. All
1: right. Did some research. All right. Yeah. yeah. Uh basically basically like uh what what we do is like farming vegetables is takes, you know, it takes a, a good amount out of the soil. Like there's we have to, you know, the soil in its in its basic state, it wants to be covered. Yeah. Like basically you're you've got, you need to have grass, like, if you just leave it alone, it's going to grow weeds like crazy, and then it's going to fill in with grasses, and then trees are going to grow, like the earth wants to cover itself. So, and the, and what happens when it's doing that is, it's, you know, the, the natural biology that's all the organisms like uh, bacteria, and the protozoa, and the worms, and everything is getting going and the, you know, the the leaf litter from trees or the grasses each year it dies down, you know, and then that's, that's all those nutrients are cycled, you know, with sunshine, rain, the soil, like the, you know, the rain comes down, the acids, acids in the rain break down stone that turns into soil, you know, into the basis of the soil. And then all the organisms are eating that up, exchanging energy that's brought through the plants, all the sugars and everything. So basically when you're, when you're farming vegetables, you need the vegetables don't do really well unless you've got, you know, eliminate the competition, and the competition being like crazy pigweed and all uh, ragweed. You know, when everybody gets yep. sneezing ragweed and and uh, quarters Those are the big, you know, the big hitters that you get. This tiny little weed that you're like, ah, it's no big deal, and it turns into like this mo- taking over the whole mammoth hole. bush of like industrial like <laughs> whatever. Yeah, it's kind of yeah. like my
0: backyard. So so you got to keep
1: the you got to keep the crops clean. But what that. Like of weeds, but what that ends up doing is it leaves a lot of bare soil. So the soil is kind of like you got unless you kind of um, you know can keep the surface just stirred a little bit. It starts to cr- kind of crack or dry out on those hot summer like third week of June baking days. Yeah. And so you know that with without the crops there, without the root zone in the whole area, you've only got the in row. You're, you're kind of limiting the amount of biology that's, that's going on in the soil. It's sort of reducing, you know, it's feeding, it's feeding those vegetables for that year. But then it's kind of like, you know, by next year, you, it, there's, there's less biology. And if you go again, there's less. And then if you go again, there's less. And that's what you end up with giant field crops. You can have soil that's like thinning, you know, less soil every year. And what we want to do is we want to build soil. So, you know, it's kind of like almost a minimum to take a year off uh, each, each session where you you farm vegetables and then you put it in we call it putting in a cover crop or a green manure and so that that grows into a crop and maybe we'll mow it and then it'll reseed itself or it'll just regrow and so each each time we'll like mow it or let it grow all that all the roots are kind of like shedding and then regrowing and the tops are coming get, getting down and being broken down so what's happening there is everything that's producing with with that crop is being turned back into the soil in a very like conscious uh, in a very conscious way. So then the soil is kind of equalizing, building this really rich natural environment. And then we go and mess it right up with next year with, uh, <laughs>
0: By, with <but> the marshes <laughs> planting
1: vegetables. But then all that all that love and all that you know all that uh, biology is 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 helping the crop the next year, and it and it makes a big difference. You know the soil stays you know we're we're building soil over time our organic matter levels are high and uh anyways it's uh
0: now what is your vegetables like is your soil better now than it was a few years ago because over time you guys putting all the effort into it
1: yeah exactly we it's it's a huge difference when we when we first got there i, I mentioned the kind of the calcium as as something that's short our, our uh you know when you do the best idea, uh, you know, if there's budding, budding gardeners or small farmers or something out there listening, it's, you know, one of the f- first steps is getting, you know, a soil test and, and then learning how to read it or getting some hiring someone to read it for you. And you there's, there's optimal levels of, for growing crops of different things. And one of the things that, you know, should be around 70% is, is your, your soil calcium level. And if it's ours uh, in the, you know, when we got there, it was over farmed. For you know it's probably a hundred years of fairly decent farming happening happening right there and uh, so the calcium levels were you know down for 40% range and you're just not you're just never going to get uh, good crops with calcium that low it's like your calcium in your body where you you know what I'm not sure what the level should be in your in your bones but it's like make that half and you find all of a sudden your bones are brittle like stuff just doesn't grow without the right numbers
0: there's just no balance into it
1: no balance exactly
0: no, and one of the big things at the gym here, we're always talking about lifestyle balance. And over the years being on this farm, so what are some adjustments that you have learned to create a better life balance? Like, because that farm's right outside your back backyard, right? Now, sure I know we, we've talked about this before. It's kind of like with the farm being right there, like, are you always like thinking you're kind of on, like, oh, I gotta go check the, Like, it's Sunday night, and you're like, okay, I can go check the vegetables, make sure the tarps are down and things like that. Like, do you still have that? Like, because the the, the stereotype of the farmer is, like, they work nonstop up at 4 a.m. checking the vegetables, and they're going right till sun goes down, right?
1: Yeah, that's it. It's, you know... When people ask, uh, when you get up in the morning, we used to be at the farmer's market and you'd, you know, they'd ask when you get up and if you'd say, you know, oh, I woke up at 7.30, uh, they'd be like, oh, that's when I get up. No big deal. But, uh, you know, so the stock answer, if you're a farmer, is 4.30. Yeah. It's early, but it's not crazy. So that's yeah. a good splitting difference. But no, <laughs> I appreciate your question. It's... You know, it used to be a lot harder um, before getting really good systems in place. Yeah. Balancing, balancing like a, a, a lifestyle with with the farm work. You could, you know, there's always more to do if you, if you, you know, feel like you need to do it. But if you set up schedules and you get the people you need to handle the jobs, and then, um, you know, there just came a point in our. In our uh, farming career like having kids was was a really big deal making those considerations for like what do we need to do you know the buses you got to get them on the bus and the bus comes drop them off and then you've got you know you got to make dinner you can't you can't uh, just be only working so it was you know we started to work a schedule and work and plan our days around the schedule and you know, learning, learning more and more about the business, uh, year after year, you you start to be able to set a schedule and, and work out a balance and fit time in for athletics and fit time in for family and fit time in for work. Right. Like, you know, it's a, it's turned into real balance and it was, it, it was, you know, that's probably, that's probably right around the time I started coming to the gym regularly, you know, like six years ago when we really locked in a, a good schedule where, where it was like, Oh, you know, it, it's gym time i'm gonna be late to work because uh you know uh having a having a workout is is also important
0: oh for sure you need that mental break from it because if you're just going all the time constantly stressing about doing all the work you just yeah there's this you're just going to eventually burn out right? yeah
1: and the you know coming in and having this different set of people camaraderie having this having like uh A good hard workout you know that you share with other people you feel you feel like you i don't know there's a you kind of bond with them for a few minutes and you come you come off feeling really great and then uh you know put in a put in a great work day it's it's uh it's tough though being a vegetable farmer because like the make wads great again guy he he's basically like you hit your workout and then uh, you, then you nap and complain all day but there's yeah. not enough time for that
0: <laughs> no no you you basically <laughs> are going to work out to the fields because i remember there's been sometimes where you come in and um and basically i don't know we'll do like a crazy workout with like Wall balls, box drums, all these movements, a lot of squats, and you're like, oh great, now I gotta go push the, <laughs> the sled all day. I think there was even one time where I think our workout was like pushing sleds and carrying kettlebells. I was like, now, Eric, this is a functional workout. This is not like farm work. That's it. And yeah. you kind of came in and you're like, oh, great. Now I get to go do this for eight to ten <laughs> hours today.
1: Yeah, yeah, that's it. The the You know, the farmer carry is my specialty.
0: Yeah, you're really good at it. <laughs>
1: yeah, Picking up bags of sand is not so bad. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well,
0: and then that's the thing. I love the sandbags and all that because it is that – because they talk about there's that, like, farmer strength where you get to pick up the hay – bales of hay and stuff. I know you don't have that on your farm, but yeah. you have all the potatoes, the guy carry all that stuff. So yeah, it's
1: lots of bins, like lots of picking things up in bins or sacks of things for sure. It's, you know, it's uh, lots of lots of squatting, weeding, kind of like, you know, reaching forward, I guess.
0: Yeah, and um, I remember there's been some times when Meg's coming to the gym here and she was like, yeah, I was just working the greenhouse all day. Now, this is the middle of the summer and um, it's like 35 degrees here in the parking lot of the of the gym here, and she's been working the greenhouse for all day. It's 35 degrees in the greenhouse. Like that's, you guys are definitely mentally tough. To, it gets
1: hot. That's for yeah. sure. It gets hot, but uh, I don't know. It, you know, in a certain way, in a certain way, uh, uh, it it is hot and can be for sure tough. Like you don't want too much heat that can that can kind of put you over the edge if you can't get yourself cool. But
0: for sure.
1: In another way, if you know coming working in the working in the heat all day and then and then kind of getting getting a workout we're you know on the farm we're kind of already acclimatized so if you're if we were coming out of an air-conditioned office and sort of more used to that i could actually see the shock of that being oh for sure
0: yeah because we get some people they come in they're like oh my god it's so hot i'm like in the gym here it's like 22 or 24 degrees they're like no i'm dying here I'd be like (laughs) <laughs> Were you just working in your office all day? You're like, yeah. I was like, and eh, your air conditioned car. And they're like, yeah. I was like, no wonder you guys haven't climatized. And I'm walking around the gym. Like, we don't turn the AC on. This past summer we started to. But um we didn't turn the AC on. I'm like, I'm kind of used to it. Yeah, you start sweating when you work out, but that's what we come in to do, right?
1: Yep. Yeah, yep. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. So. Well, as long as you can hang, fight off heat stroke everything's good <laughs> <laughs> yeah for sure
0: and on, and on your farm there because um, you because when I came out and grabbed those vegetables back in January there because um, you had the cross-country skiing there that was pretty awesome Did yeah I'm glad that? you
1: gave that a go I'm I can't I can't believe it. I was like yeah for sure I didn't even think about you like uh you've got big 12 size 12 feet i thought for sure if you're you know i'm size 11 so uh oh no it's you know, perfect like, yeah everybody's going to fit in my shoes no problem yeah. so you gave it a shot and uh you only wiped out it a couple times eh
0: no two or three no big, but no, no one saw so yeah. no there's no witnesses so <laughs> no um no i thought that was like the best part just being out in the country there cuz like like i live in suburbia right and so to get onto that farm and just leave your phone outside and no that was amazing now in the summertime do you ever go for any long runs out in the country like that too or
1: oh yeah for sure like this you know this this summer i'm hoping to come september i'm hoping to get a like run a marathon just uh, uh what? yeah well you know james got me got me uh, talked into doing that like james marathon the coach role. here yeah the, yeah, coach, here. Yeah, the yeah. coach here james the coach here he he got me into that marathon row two years ago, and that was that was super tough, but made it through. And uh, you know, since I did that marathon, and then I did a cross country ski marathon this winter, that I thought uh, I better do a running one. Uh, you know, just just the, to tri- the trifecta yeah. or something. Yeah. So. Now what,
0: what was harder? What marathon was harder? The row or the ski?
1: The row was way harder. Yeah, that was that was super hard. I I you know the first I, I didn't prepare as much as I should have for it. I've kind of always been cardiovascular, you know, uh, strong. I've just always done endurance sports.
0: Oh, and, every and time you come into class and there's an endurance squad, you're like, this is my jam. <laughs> like you are pumped up, you are jacked. Yeah, it's yeah. like, uh,
1: Can we just row for an hour? Yeah, exactly. See it, yeah, as many throw reps some runs as possible. in there.
0: Yeah. Well, because <laughs> there's times where it's like uh sprint wad and it's like handstand push-ups you're like really my one day i come in and this is what we're doing yeah Yeah.
1: i i think i've done a half of a handstand push-up ever which is which is way like i've improved so much (laughs) over over my first day of falling on my head yeah (laughs) no Yeah. yeah it's uh the rowing the rowing marathon was super hard. I, I think the longest I'd rode before that was maybe sixteen or seventeen kilometers and it like just sitting on the seat for three oh, hours is it takes imagine. its toll. Yeah. For sure.
0: No, because uh, cause there was four of you guys that did that. Yeah. Right. Yeah, it was. And, and you guys were raising money for
1: It was for the Loving Spoonful.
0: Yeah. Yeah, oh, that's awesome. Ch- or
1: food sorry, the food bank. I just I mean, they they're kind of work together, but it the uh, money for the food bank. Oh, that okay. James, James set that up.
0: No, and, and cuz yeah, I wasn't there for that, but there's photos of you guys, the four of you guys, all just facing each other, kind of like in a square or diamond whatever, just facing each other and rowing. Like did you guys talk the whole time or were you guys just headphones in or what? No,
1: well, we all listened to music together, so there was some bit of chatter and it's is funny because thinking back on it, it it you know, it it was a it was hours and hours just rowing. I think I finished How in, long did it take you? I was like I don't rem- I think it was three hours and 12 minutes. I may have that wrong, but it was, I was the last one to finish. So that was the toughest, the last like three minutes before (laughs) it was when everyone else was done and I was sitting there was, was pretty tough, but uh, anyway, yeah, it, you know, it's just, we were, we chatted a little bit, but I think. You know, that time just melted away, and, and I thinking back, I don't think we talked that much, but it felt like it filled up the time with conversation, you know? Well, it'd be hard
0: to kind of row and talk the whole time for three hours, just keep focused, because obviously... Yeah. There's a little bit of a strategy. You want to keep a pace or something like that, right? Yeah,
1: you definitely have to keep a pace, something comfortable, and you got to take in fluids and and uh, you know sugars and. Did you ever stand up to
0: like walk around, shake everything out? Oh yeah,
1: yeah, definitely have to. I I had to stand up anyway. You got. I just started to get. You know, your legs start to fall asleep a little bit just oh, on the, the rowing seat.
0: 'Cause the longest row I ever done was one hour and I had to get up like every nine minutes, walk around for a minute. So Yay. I basically treated like nine minute ten, no, no, six um intervals for like uh, ten minutes, but nine at the nine minute mark I walked around for one minute. So yeah. nine minutes on, one minute rest. Yeah. I yeah. I can't imagine doing
1: <laughs> no. Well, you you you're gonna be able to ma- imagine it because because aren't you already signed up for next year?
0: Uh, it's for a good cause, Bob. Yeah. Okay. we'll, we'll yeah. I'll check my schedule. Maybe on we that. can
1: have the maybe the we'll see if anybody calls in to the show here and yeah. uh, and, and
0: put puts the puts some money in the ring for to get Bob on the rower. I know. Well, now now it's um official. So you announce it. So I guess <laughs> I have to find a way around it. Um was <laughs> would that have been the hardest workout you ever done?
1: That was that was definitely the hardest workout I've ever done. Yeah. Like yeah. even
0: with um anything else in your past yeah. glory. No, days?
1: I yeah, definitely the hardest ever. I when I finished, I had my boys here at the end and they and I was like, Okay hey, boys, and I was having trouble kind of standing upright. And then maybe the first half hour after that, I was like, I'm not sure if I'm okay. You know, I don't know. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I'm not sure. And then I was and I was fine. Yeah. So
0: No, that's awesome. Um now, other than um the marathon so well what is your marathon that you're going to do this summer then it's not it's not
1: really like a marathon it's just a friends on the a friend a friend on the farm she's just moved out west she um you know uh, page
0: uh oh page yeah page yeah. Oh, yeah,
1: yeah she she's just uh you know just kind of got everybody organized with with covid just for like a virtual run you know and just kind of starting out small with uh you know, I think it was like a, a 15k. I missed the 15 because my back was a bit sore, and okay. um, so it's 15k, and then it's like a half marathon in June, and then and then a marathon in uh, September. It's just kind of keep keep focused when things are closed, and and some sort of camaraderie uh, virtual anyway. Okay. Yeah, yeah. It's just kind of for fun, and everybody's sort of interested in staying shape and. Trying to keep running.
0: Now with like, say, Meg and Ian, are they going to do this too?
1: Uh, Ian's Ian's going to do it. Yeah. yeah, yeah. He's he's in. I um, I, I think Meg's kind of interested, but she prefers. Uh, I think she prefers a bit more uh, the CrossFit workouts than yeah, just kind of kinda, kinda straight straight running for long distance. Okay. But uh, yeah.
0: No, that would be awesome. No, um, oh, that's wicked. Yeah, let me know when you guys do that because. Well, definitely. Well, I don't know how we could cheer you on, but if it's like a virtual or something like yeah, you that,
1: yeah, just get on. You just sign on to Strava and just, uh, you know, just give me the thumbs up. All right, you know, the kudos after. Yeah,
0: no, definitely. <laughs> now, now, Paige was one of your um, employees there. She moved out west. Now, out on the farm, you all, how many workers would you guys have for the summer?
1: Yeah, uh, we we have we have uh, uh, seven. A mix of full and part time. The part time is usually kind of three, three-ish days a week, and then uh, full time is five days a week. So there's seven. We had seven people last year, and then uh, so it's like there's ten of us total on the farm. Okay, yeah.
0: Now yeah. with COVID and all that, you guys didn't have to cut back, or like with COVID, with the lockdowns and all that. Like, are you guys stay the same, busier, less?
1: It's it's a little bit different. Like we're we're busier in in uh, certain areas, and and less than others like our you know kind of uh, the spring plant sale people are spending more time in their gardens so that's being a bit busier oh, but that's awesome but the, like you know our restaurant partners are way way slower like they've they are they've taken a hit like the like you guys just you just you just can't run the classes like mm-hmm. you want to right even the virtual stuff it's you know, it fits amazing for some people and other people have trouble with it. Yep. Connectivity or who knows what. Exactly.
0: Well, how many um, restaurants would you supply for in the like say if it's a regular summer? Yeah. How many restaurants would you supply for? We, we supply
1: regularly about thirty restaurants.
0: Oh wow. hmm
1: Thirty restaurants and we do and we supply uh, you know, grocery stores are a little bit busier with people eating more at home. Well grocery stores. Too uh well it's a local grocery stores like Terra foods the the da- daughters uh um cigarettes uh, glen Burnie grocery stores foodsmiths uh and then there's a few markets like uh um bella bella market uh yep. how's it i'm missing Lime some Stone creamery. wendy limestone creamery because that's for where sure. we
0: get your stuff because they do an awesome weekly service because we can yep. get your vegetables a few other local farm stuff so that's awesome that's how we always got. Yeah, here. they're,
1: they're great. They do have a storefront and, and home delivery. So, so that's, they, they're, they've been amazing to work for it. They have a, a, a super product there too. Okay.
0: Now, so now other organic farms, they usually do CSAs. Are you guys, cause you guys don't do the summer ones,
1: right? That's right. We, we, uh, it was kind of an evolution over time. We started farming, you know, it was like 2004, 2004, the farm just kind of got going and, and it was sort of like a CSA farmers market seemed like the the logical like entry step to things in the in the farmers market, you know, learning learning about that how to do that, it's it's a great plot spot to to kind of get started because you you know, if you try to grow consistently and have your supply, but if you if something doesn't work out, uh, you nobody's counting on you, you just show up with what you have and yeah. it is what it is, you yeah. know. You're not breaking contracts
0: or whatever. Well, because yeah, you guys all the restaurants you guys supply for first, right?
1: Yeah, the we you know starting at the CSA and the and the and the farmers market like growing for customers. We would grow you know we'd have our summer CSA and so we'd supply that and then the overflow kind of would go to the farmers market. So it was a good that was a good mix and then we started into more wholesaling and then it would be the wholesaling and CSA would be kind of competing for for stuff because you put it on. It's like oh, I want. You know, I want whatever hundred peppers, or and then you're like, oh, well, you know, we need this many for the CSA, so they're starting to kind of like, you know, compete for for the crop that we're producing. Yeah. And we started to realize, uh, you know, they just just hitting those di- the diversity of the crops. Some of those crops weren't weren't like very productive for us, or or, or or like a like a time sink, I guess. Yeah. For the volume that we were doing, so we decided to, that we wanted to, uh, you know build some efficiencies into our production and, and part of that efficiencies and part of that switch to, to, um, managing our time and, and balancing, balancing family life and athletics and things with, with farming was, was the farmer's market was, was a huge, long slogging day on Saturday. And yeah. now we've switched things, ditching the farmer's market and the CS, summer CSA we've switched things we work now monday to friday regular work days oh, you know awesome. we fit that in there's obviously emergencies or things that yep. we have to check on but that's kind of the schedule we're we're running now we still do uh, a winter csa we've because it, it's just we do a once monthly uh box which you guys are yep. and uh uh we that's been a really good fit because we we um, you know, we're storing lots of stuff already. It fits into the, fits in the program and we can we can kind of do special stuff uh, extra that we want to eat, you know, also, but have that in the CSA box where maybe it's not a really great wholesale model, but it, then it kind of diversifies the, the storage. And there isn't, you know, there's a lot of people doing really great summer CSAs mm-hmm. uh, as well. And we, you know, there's not really much going on for winter CSA. So we kind of filled in that,
0: no, that's you know, nice. when we
1: first got going, there weren't very many, local local farms uh uh, well i mean there were but not like not there weren't a lot of csa's happening there wasn't a a huge local food scene we kind of got in on the earlier side of it in the kingston region and uh you know now it's kind of flushed out with some really great people and producers and and kind of it's like everybody fitting into what they how they can best provide for the community
0: no that's awesome no you guys are doing great things so Super pumped that you're able to jump on this podcast here and tell us a little bit more about your farm and all that.
1: It's, it's, it's been a pleasure so far, Bob. All right. Yeah, no, that was good. So,
0: <laughs> um, some ways they can find you guys like through social media and stuff. So, your website.
1: Sure. Yeah. Website. Our website is patchworkgardens.ca. Okay. And we're also on Facebook yep. and on Instagram. Where it's that's patchwork underscore kingston on yep. Instagram. That's our kind of social media platforms that we use.
0: Perfect. Yeah. And if they need to find some vegetables from you guys, like you mentioned there, Glen Burnie. yep. Limestone creamery, Terrace, all the all, local food stuff. All that
1: stuff. If you're if you're on the website, we've got a list on oh, there awesome. for for the, the local groceries that grocers that are, are carrying our stuff. And if you don't see it where you shop, ask. Okay. You never know.
0: Okay. No, that was awesome, Eric. Thank you so much, man.